What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the 100th episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek. Today, joined by the uh, original co-host himself, Mac Rommel here, back for 100th episode. He's going to be here for a little bit. Happy to have him back. Um, but yeah, this is the 100th episode of Outside the Arena. If you are new here, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Also, go check out, I just did an interview with Connor Rogers. We talked some NFL, we talked some MLB. Very fun interview, so check that out. I'll leave a link to that in the description. But yeah, Mac's back. We're going to talk some NFL. Mac, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back for the 100th episode, back where I started. Uh, and I'm excited to be back and get into some of the stuff for the NFL season. Yeah, well, the NFL is getting close. It's crazy. I mean, this is basically almost two years now, this podcast. It's been a, a long time. Crazy to see how how far it's come, really. Um, but yeah, with that being said, with all the the celebration put aside, um, we're going to jump right into the news. And uh, the biggest news of the week is is the news that Baker Mayfield this week was traded to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. Obviously, after the Deshaun trade, it seems like the brand, the burn, geez, the bridge had burned with the uh, the Cleveland Browns, if you want to say that. Um, I mean, this move is very interesting. You've obviously got Sam Darnold there. You've got – they drafted Matt Corral this year. What are your thoughts on the Panthers, Mac? Obviously, it seems like Baker's going to be the starting quarterback there this year, but do you think this team can can seriously contend with Baker at QB? Well, you know Griffin, and I think all the, the viewers know after watching the past few years, I've been high on the Panthers for pretty much the past two years. They go out, they trade for Baker Mayfield, and they finally have a quarterback – who could lead them and take them to hopefully the playoffs within the next few years, if not this year. Baker, he took the Browns a couple of years ago to the playoffs. They had that great season. Last season, he didn't have the best of seasons, but he's still a good quarterback. And I think you're advancing from Darnold, who's an average quarterback at best, to Baker Mayfield, who's an above average quarterback. And at the quarterback position, I think as long as you get that little jump up, you're going to see some improvement to the team. As you said, to give them that conditional pick, it's going to be a fifth and it could be a fourth. And they're only paying about $4.85 million of his salary. Um, and if you're paying that cheap for a quarterback of his caliber, I think that's a, really a win for, for the Carolina Panthers um, on all levels. You have CMC, Christian McCaffrey, who if he has a healthy season, is going to help contribute to this offense and being a really good offense compared to the past few seasons. You have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Um, you got Ike Iquano. You add a lot of pieces to this offense that you're hoping – will help, one, protect Baker Mayfield. And you also have weapons that are going to be able to surround Baker Mayfield. And I think these are some better um, weapons at receiver than he's had in the past few seasons. So overall for uh, Baker Mayfield, I think this season will be better. And I think the Panthers are going to be able to put up a fighting chance for a wild card spot. The Panthers are a very interesting team. I mean, you bring up the point about, you know, better weapons. I think that it's tough to say because you look at last year in Cleveland when Baker had Odell healthy and Jarvis Landry, like I would potentially argue that I would rather have those two than a combination of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. But it, it's definitely an interesting situation. I think the key for the Panthers is Christian McCaffrey. I think if Christian McCaffrey is out, it's going to be the same old story that it's been for the past few years. If Christian McCaffrey is healthy, that's where things could potentially get interesting. Uh, you look at the Browns success with Baker Obviously, that playoff season, he was good. Last year, he was hurt. So, you know, Baker, you know, he showed signs of improvement. I, I do believe that he's going to put together a strong season. At the same time, though, he had Nick Chubb there. 
He had Kareem Hunt behind an elite offensive line in a run first off. So Baker, you know, he didn't have to per se do he I'll say this. You know, you see quarterbacks like the Mahomes in the NFL, the Josh Allen, they're single-handedly leading their teams to the playoffs. That Cleveland Browns team, I would argue their run rush attack was the reason that that offense really was elevated into the playoffs. Regardless, Baker was good that year. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. I think it. I think Christian McCaffrey, though, is the wild card. He's been hurt these past few years. If he can have a fully healthy season, I think that's – I mean, that would be huge for the Carolina Panthers. They just have not had that in recent years. He's the X factor for me. I think Baker will have a better season than last year for sure. The one thing about the Panthers, though, that I think is just unfortunate, is I just think they're stuck in this loop right now of just kind of mediocrity. They've had all these high draft picks. They didn't go for a really young quarterback. They traded for Sam Darnold. He obviously was a complete disaster. They tried to bring back Cam Newton. That was a disaster. And now they're settling for Baker Mayfield, who, like you said, he's a fine quarterback. But at this point in the NFL with all these elite quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield's seriously not going to compete for a Super Bowl. And that's what's unfortunate. The Panthers seem to just – they keep up having you know, these young draft picks. They drafted J.C. Horn. They drafted Ike Kwanu, like you said. I mean, they have all these young, young guys. It's just – they just have not had the quarterback and the quarterback is the most important position for the NFL. And you look at Carolina and it, it's just clear as day. If they had an elite quarterback there, this would be a playoff team hands down with Baker. It's yet to be seen. And Christian McCaffrey, like I said, I think it's the wild card there. Mm-hmm. I think you bring up a great point with Christian McCaffrey and the run offense he had over there with the Cleveland Browns. But if you go back to when he was playing at Oklahoma, this is Baker Mayfield. He was slinging that ball. He didn't need that run offense. And I think it was college. Uh, college is very different. Sam Darnold was good I, in college. I think if you give him that chance where you let him rip and do his own thing, I think you'll see improvement from him. Uh, obviously, I don't think you're, we're ever going to see that number one pick caliber quarterback that everyone was expecting Baker Mayfield to be. But I think if you give him more opportunities to be himself and play himself and not be limited in how the offense uh, reacts with him, I think. Baker Mayfield will have improvements, and I think the Panthers could have a good chance at really improving this offense compared to the past few years. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, I saw something the other day that said that the Stefanski offense that Baker's been in the last few seasons is ranked in, like, the bottom five and pass percentile or something like that, whereas Ben McAdoo's offense, in which he's going into, is, you know, in the top ten. So it's going to be a different situation. I definitely agree with that. It's going to be interesting to see. But at the same time, you know, Baker has had his moments, but at the same time, he's also struggled. So given Baker Mayfield 40 throws a game, could that be a total disaster? It's yet to be seen. But I agree. I mean, you look at the Oklahoma days, even though that it's been four or five years now, you know, he was slinging the ball around. So we got to see what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a, a very interesting situation in Carolina. They're definitely a team that is going to be interesting to watch to see if they can finally get that leap into the playoffs if i had to bet as i said on the podcast with Connor rogers i would say that they're still probably in that seven to eight win range i don't know if there's still a playoff team i just don't see it with baker and i just don't believe really in that coaching staff either i think that matt rule ben McAdoo, it's nothing special in my mind i don't think matt i think matt rule got way too big of a contract way too long of a contract he's definitely on the hot seat another bad year if they don't make the playoffs this year, show signs of improvement. He's definitely out. So Carolina is definitely going to be one of those teams to watch. There's a lot of teams this year with quarterback situations that are, uh, you know, guys are on the hot seat. So it's going to be a fun year. But mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield, it's a good move. I mean, they didn't give up much. So they they should have done it. Just a situation that I think 
re-highlights how they're they're just a lack of a lack of a good quarterback in Carolina. That's just killing this this team and the youth of guys like Christian McCaffrey. Yep, I completely agree. Especially such a young team with a lot of talent, like you said, a bunch of very good first round picks, especially on the defensive side. I mean, you've had Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, as you said, JC Jackson, who I'm excited to see this year. Just a lot of very young and talented players. And with an average or above average quarterback, I don't think, as you said, in this league, you're not going to make it far. You need to have that elite quarterback. But Baker Mayfield should be able to help the Panthers team improve this year, um, at least by a few wins. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting situation to watch, that's for sure. I do want to pivot we uh, to another division, though, and we're kind of the format of the rest of this podcast. Is essentially, we're going to jump around from team to team, uh, division to division, and we're just kind of going to give our thoughts and and our, our outlooks, really, for the for the division. So we're going to start today off with Mac's favorite team over here, the Dallas Cowboys' division, the NFC East, which this year I think is going to be a lot more interesting than the last year. I mean, obviously you've had the New York Giants, who seem to still be not going to be a, a good team, probably a four or five win team, but Daniel Jones, at quarterback, that's a, a, you know, no, he did not have the fifth-year option extended. So this is Potentially his last year as a New York Giant. Got the Washington football team who make the trade for Carson Wentz. They're expecting to be better this year. You got the Philadelphia Eagles who had one of the better offseasons in the NFL trading for A.J. Brown. They had a good draft. They bring in Jordan Davis. They've got a lot of talent on that team. We're going to see what happens with them. And then you've got the Dallas Cowboys who this offseason, Mac, I mean, I know we really haven't talked about it, but they really only lost this offseason. They didn't bring in too many guys. They lose Randy Gregor. They lose Amari Cooper. They lost a, a few other players on that defense. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in this division. I know you're a bit biased, but what are your thoughts right now on what, where the AFC, NFC East stands? Um, I completely agree with everything you said. Every team, I believe, aside from the Cowboys, has improved their team this offseason. And I think the Cowboys are just going to be really relying on the development of some of the young players they've drafted the past few years. But that's, always, that's no guarantee. That's something you're going to have to see progress throughout the season and see if it works, but you can't predict that before the season. Uh, I think the Eagles, obviously one of the most improved teams this offseason, you're going into the season with Jalen Hurts, who I think has been a good quarterback, and I'm excited to see if he can make that leap now that he has one of the better receivers in the league with A.J. Brown, and you're pairing him with Devonta Smith. I think that offense is going to be much improved. They have Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, who they add on the defense from the New York Giants. They're improving all around, especially on that defensive side of the ball. Um, both O-line and D-line, they've always been good and all healthy this year. I think that's going to be a major plus for the Eagles. Um, but as I said, that offense with A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, that'll be improved. Defense, you add Jordan Davis. You're going to need to be able to stuff the run this season. And then James Bradbury to stop some of these elite quarterbacks and some of these elite receivers that have been moved around will be very important to the Eagles' success. And I think it's between the Cowboys and Eagles in this division this season. Eagles are showing signs of improvement, seeming like they caught up. They're catching up to the Cowboys. And Cowboys, as we've said, they've regressed. They lost Lyle Collins, Connor Williams, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, Randy Gregory. And obviously, we all know Cowboys aren't big spenders in free agency. And they sure didn't spend a lot this free agency. They rely on the draft. But in the past few seasons, they don't really lose players in the offseason. And what they do do is they replace those positions in the draft. But this season, you lost too many players to completely replace in the draft. You got you get Tyler Smith, who you're hoping could help be a, um, a star on that offensive line and replace someone like Connor Williams. 
but that seems unlikely or seems like a little bit of a stretch right now. Um, as a lot of people had him going second, third round, he got drafted in the first. Um, so a little overdraft there. That's going to be more of a pr progression type of pick. You go out in the second, you got Sam Williams to try and replace Randy Gregory. But I doubt there, I don't really think there are a lot of edge rushers right now who are going to be able to replace a player of Randy Gregory, uh, Randy Gregory's caliber. And third round, you go get Jalen Tolbert. You're hoping he could help fill in um, for those two lost receivers. Um, but that's also something you have to see. Just young guys, you're not sure how they're going to play. And although the Cowboys have drafted really well recently, it's just there's no guarantee that they're going to be putting up the same numbers they did last year offensively or defensively. So I think it's between the Cowboys and Eagles for that first place position in the NFC East. You go down to the commanders, like you said. They got Carson Wentz. They just re-signed Terry McLaurin. Um, so their offense seems pretty set right now. You have Antonio Gibson still there. Um, you go out, you get Jahan Dotson in the draft. You have a decent offensive line. Um, your defense is still great. You have Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, that elite defensive line, which we've been praising for the past few seasons. But the one thing I think holding them back, similar to the Panthers, is that quarterback position. They're a team that everyone has said if they go out and get an elite quarterback, they'd be one of the best teams in the NFL. And I do believe that, and I hate to say that as a Cowboys fan, but it's just the truth. But with Carson Wentz, that quarterback, not being the same player he's been um, those first two years with the Eagles, I don't see them being a great team, especially last season after he played for the Colts. He didn't put up great numbers. He wasn't the best quarterback, and he did have a lot of help with players like John, uh, Jonathan Taylor on that offensive, offensive side of the ball. So the commanders, I think they are really just a quarterback away from being one of the better teams in the league and being, and being able to put up a good fight against some of those best teams. And then, like you said, the Giants, Daniel Jones, I don't think he's going to bring them anywhere. And they didn't um, pick up his fifth-year option. So this is really a make-it-or-break-it year for Daniel Jones. He puts up good numbers. Maybe he stays in New York. If not, the Giants are going to have to go find a new quarterback. And next season, it's going to be valuable to have one of those highest picks in the draft for players like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But also, you go out and get Brian Dable, offensive guru. He was the offensive coordinator for the Bills the past few seasons. And he's been great. You see what the Bills have done, being one of the best teams in the league for the past two, three seasons. Um, and I think he's hoping he could turn this Giants offense around. But I don't see it happening this year with a quarterback like J Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley's been hurt. He hasn't been putting up the same number since the rookie season. If he can stay healthy, that'll be a big plus, and I think that'll help out Daniel Jones a lot. You get Kayvon Thibodeau on the defensive side of the ball. You have Leonard Williams. You have all these players who are good up front on defense, but I really think that James Bradbury loss will impact them negatively uh, in their secondary with a lot of these teams in the NFC East, the Cowboys, you have a player like CeeDee Lamb, Eagles, you have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Commanders, Terry McLaurin. And losing a player like James Bradbury is really going to hurt them in the long run if they're trying to get some wins and stack some wins up against the NFC East this season. Yeah, I mean, I think the Giants are still a few years away. They're definitely going to need to find a new quarterback. They've got a lot of still holes in, in that team. They, they had a great start this year in the draft, though, with Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, that's a, as good a first round as you could possibly have from the New York Giants. So applause to them. That, that's a great way to start. I think looking at the rest of this division, like you said, Washington, just mediocre in my mind. I think there'll be a seven-win team. About Carson Wentz is fine. I, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's good, though. I think that's the problem. I think it's a similar situation with Baker. Good team around him. Washington's probably got a better surrounding cast than overall defensively and offensively than Carolina does, but still, still just not going to be good enough, I think. And we'll see. It, it's just – 
more more and more disappointment it just seems in Washington and they're just settling for mediocrity at this point and definitely not the way you want to go in the NFL at this moment I think teams should choose to tear it down before settling for mediocrity because mediocrity is just it's just how it's just how you end up in a, a continuous rebuild I think that's the good way to phrase that I think that's the problem almost the New York Giants have entered with all the money they spend free agency recently and Daniel Jones isn't the guy they've just not been able to add. And some, it's been a mess for them. I think looking at the top two teams, it's very interesting in this division. I think Dallas got significantly worse. I think that the loss of Randy Gregory is going to hurt the loss of Amari Cooper, I think is got, definitely going to hurt. I think people Amari Cooper last year did not have the most statistically uh, amazing season per se, but when you've got a guy like that on the offense, defenses have to put attention to him. It kind of allowed, allowed guys like CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup to flourish. Now with Amari Cooper not there, CeeDee Lamb's going to draw a little bit more coverage. Michael Gallup's going to draw a little bit more coverage. So it, it's really yet to be seen what's going to happen with that. I do think that CeeDee Lamb is being asked to step up in a huge way in year three. We're going to see what happens with that. Obviously, that is a huge, huge uh, X factor for that for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see. They've still got Zeke Elliott, that Tony Pollard combination, those two. That's going to be, I think, the key for this offense is they're going to need to run the football because Amari Cooper losing him. I think they're still going to have a strong, you know, pass offense, but I think they need to run the ball good. I'm a little worried about that defense, but, you know, can Trayvon Diggs replicate what he did last year? Probably unlikely, but we'll see. Maybe that's just the kind of guy he is, that that once-in-a-generation type interception kind of player. We'll see. But – I think that another thing that hurts Dallas is just they've got to play a first-place schedule. They've got a lot of hard matchups on their schedule. I think they open against – Do they? who do they open against? The Rams? Yeah. No, the Buccaneers and the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, they're just playing – it seems like elite team after elite team. So, it's going to be tough. But for the, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, I think, is the question mark there. Is Jalen Hurts good enough to lead this team – to, you know, the next range of 10 to 11 to 12 wins. If that's the case, I think the Philadelphia Eagles will win this division. I think that Dallas is probably going to be a team that sits around 9 to 10 wins. I think that Jalen Hurts has got to perform this team. They've got good offensive players. They've got a good line. The defense is going to be good. It's going to be much improved. I think Philadelphia is gunning for Dallas for sure. It's going to be a very competitive, competitive division. I'm excited to see what happens, to be honest. I, I don't know who I'd pick right now. I mean, I I don't know how much I believe in Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, but at the same time, Dallas is playing a tough schedule, and they definitely got worse. Probably they had a tough offseason with the whole Randy Gregory drama, and it just did not go their way, and that's very unfortunate for them because with Dak Prescott and, and all these players, I mean, the window is is shrinking almost a little bit with some of these guys here. They, it, they've had their window open. Last year, obviously, first-round exit. We'll see what happens this year with Dallas. Going to be very interesting to watch, though, both Dallas and Philly. Yep, completely agree. And going back to the Cowboys, just things I've noticed on social media, just because I follow more Cowboys pages than any other team. Um, I think the Cowboys are trying to focus more on right now with obviously you have that lack of talent, but building that chemistry. You see Dak Prescott, who should be fully healthy this season, and something that the Cowboys um, coaches have said, they're going to let him run more. Last year they limited his running ability. And we kind of seen that, and I noticed that throughout the year. I'm like, why is Dak not running here? He could run, he could take off, and that could be a first down. But instead, he gets rid of it, or he tries to force a pass, and that seemed like 
it created some problems last season, although they still ended up going 12 and five. But I think that ability to let Dak Prescott run like he did in previous seasons is going to really help out this offense. Dak's taken, taken his leadership to another level, even though that's hard to do for him because he seems to be the leader of, or one of the biggest leaders in all of the NFL. He's bringing out all these young guys, bring them to Miami. He took them to Miami last week and they're all training together, bonding. And he even said he doesn't think he would be friends with some of these players he really hasn't hung out with if he didn't go and take them on that trip to go practice with them. It might be all talk, but I feel like they're focusing on that bonding um, to help bring players closer together. And I think that's important, like we saw with the Bengals last season. No one expected them to be that good. But you see the chemistry and the bonding that um, Joe Burrow had with all these receivers and the familiarity he had with them, and it really paid off. I'm not saying this will happen with the Cowboys, but I do think that bonding and chemistry is an important part to building any team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great segue. Speaking of Joe Burrow, the AFC North this year, going to be very interesting obviously you've got the defending AFC champions the Cincinnati Bengals who did they get better I mean it's yet to be seen I feel like they kind of just re-upped most people that offensive line definitely got better so they definitely did get a little bit better the Baltimore Ravens they're healthy they had a great offseason they bring in a guy like Marcus Williams in free agency some other guys as well and then obviously through the draft they land Kyle Hamilton they land David Ojabo uh they landed who was the other guy that they drafted that was good. Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, Tyler Linderbaum. He's going to be good on that O-line. Cleveland Browns obviously are a huge mystery at this point, and it's tough to really even say what's going to happen with them. Obviously, with the Sean Watson suspension uh, still pending at this point, still unsure how many games he's going to get. And then you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, who look like Mitch Trubisky might end up starting the season, which I think, honestly, is what I expected. Kenny Pickett will sit for a little bit. How is that team going to do? They lose guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, they lose a few pieces, but can they compete in this AFC North? I mean, the AFC North is is very competitive. What are your thoughts? Who who would you say is your favorite right now in that division? I'm still going to say the Bengals, although it doesn't seem like they went out and made a bunch of big moves. I think the one thing we all said last season was they need to improve their O-line, and if they had that O-line, they could have won that Super Bowl. Um, so I think that was their biggest need going into the offseason, and I think everyone could agree with that. They didn't go out and make some – big moves on offense, which I don't think they need. They don't need another receiver. Um, they don't they, – they really just need to align this offseason. Defense was good enough, maybe a little secondary help. But I think if you improve that offensive line, the Bengals could have a chance at going back to the Super Bowl once again. They go out, they get Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. You just have all these guys who are going to help improve that offensive line and protect Joe Burrow. Um, and I don't know if this could be a reason, but – Joe Burrow could have been a little worried last year, although we saw him rip that ball. But there's always that thing in the back of your head after having an injury where you don't want to get hurt again. You might play scared. But when you have three new offensive linemen who are much better than the ones you've had previously, that's going to make a big difference to your offense and your team in general. So I think the Bengals are still up top for me. Um, And then two kind of depends on me. It all depends on Deshaun Watson, what happens with him, how if he gets suspended and how long he gets suspended but there's no way to tell what that'll be or if it even happens. But I think that number two spot could be the Browns if he's not suspended or if he's only suspended for a short period of time. You have Deshaun Watson. You have that great run game we talked about before. You add Amari Cooper, who I think might be the best receiver that they've had in the past few years, and I think that connection could be great um, for this offense. You have a great defense with Miles Garrett, that super good young secondary. I think the Browns have everything there that they need um, in order to win. And it all depends on Deshaun Watson's situation. 
if he gets better for that short period of time, like I said, I think they'll be able to bounce back, get wins to get in the playoffs, and they'll be able to make a push um, once they get into the playoffs to go into the Super Bowl. But if he is suspended for a very long time, I think I'm going to give it to the Ravens, especially this season. I believe all their players are going to be healthy. Last season, they didn't have the best of seasons, but that was solely because of all the injuries that they had. And this season, I like what they did. You have Kyle Ham- Hamilton, like we said, all these draft picks, Tyler Linderbaum, um, like great secondary. With, um, what was I going to say? Marcus Williams, who they signed, Marlon Humphrey. It's just a great team overall. And with when they're healthy and with these three new stud draft picks, I think they will be a great team this season. And I think that signing of Tyler Linderbaum will really help Lamar Jackson with his pass protection and also in that run game, which I think Tyler Linderbaum is known for. Um, and they're just giving more opportunities to Lamar to be able to run that ball and make plays that no other quarterback in this league can make. Um, so I do believe the Ravens should be that second spot, depending on what happens with the Browns. But I think that's a toss up for me. And then I think it's pretty easy to say Steelers are probably going to be this last place position. Mr. Trubisky, as you said, will probably be starting off the season. We'll have to see what happens with Kenny Pickett. But I am excited to see Mr. Trubisky. I think everyone kind of agreed upon last season that when he was with the Bears, he was kind of being limited. And if he's in an offense that has more talent um, and lets him do his thing a little more, he could be a good quarterback like we saw that one playoff season that the Bears had. And I think that'll be important. They lost Juju Smith, once again, like you said. You had George, George Pickens, the menace through the draft. You have Deontay Johnson, who's fighting for that contract really right now, trying to get paid like some of the other receivers have gotten paid this offseason. So we'll have to see if that causes any problems. Um, their offensive line is still eh. We saw those problems that they had last year with Big Ben. And I think, um, especially with two young quarterbacks there, fighting for that starting position and who will both probably be starting at some point this season, um, that could limit them and their success um, in a big way. Defense, it's been great, stayed great. You have Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, probably the best pass rush duo in the entire NFL right now, in my opinion. You have Dem- Devin Bush, who has had his injuries, but if he could stay healthy, he's great. You have Minka Fitzpatrick. Just a lot of great players, but I really think it comes down to the quarterback position and that offensive line. And I think it's just too questionable right now. Um, and that too questionable to put them up there with the Browns or Ravens. I think they're they're that one team that's a little behind everyone else. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers, I think, are super – they're a tough team to predict what's going to happen because obviously they snuck into the playoffs last year with Big Ben. And I think that, honestly, for this team, there was addition by subtraction. I think Big Ben was so horrific that just by getting rid of him and, and him retiring and anyone else coming in, I think is a, a huge addition for them. And, and I think the quarterback play will be better for them. I don't think it could possibly be worse than big Ben last year. They're just one of those teams that I just don't, I just don't offensively. I don't think they are anything special per se. And defensively, they're obviously very good, but can this team seriously compete in this division? It's tough to say. I'd probably put them last. I think honestly though, Cleveland is one of those teams where, they could either finish first in this division or they could also finish last, depending on what happens. If Deshaun Watson suspended the whole year, I would probably put them at, at last in this division just because Jacoby Brissett, I think, is a fine bridge quarterback for a few games. But when you're talking about this guy starting the whole season, the Browns would be in serious trouble. And, you know, looking at the top of the division, everyone, I've, I feel like everyone's kind of picked the Ravens and everyone's kind of thinking. People, I feel like, have thought of the Bengals season as a, more of a fluke and, and aren't really giving them the credit they deserve. And I think that they are 
I think you still have to put them as the favorites. And I think just offensively, they're just on another level. I think they arguably have the claim for one of the best offensive teams in, in the NFL right now. I think they're up there. I mean, I'm looking at some of these offenses you got in the NFL. You got to look at the Rams. They were, that was an elite offense last year. I'm expecting the Raiders to have a really good offense. Kansas City's always good. Tampa Bay, they're right up there with all those teams, though, in terms of offensive talent. And uh, I'm really expecting another good season from the Bengals. I think that the Ravens, defensively, they should be good. Health, obviously, was a huge issue for them last year. They're going to be healthy. But you look at offensively, and this is the one thing that I feel like people are just not really highlighting enough. At wide receiver, this team is just fair thin. I mean, Rashad Bateman's their wide receiver one. He's played one year in the NFL. He was fine, but nothing special. But this team really has no studs at wide receivers. They've got really a bunch of mediocre players at wide receiver, which, I mean, we've seen with the Kansas City Chiefs, but they've obviously had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Lamar has Mark Andrews as his number one weapon. So you can look at it that way, and they've got all these running backs that are there. But I think that wide receiver issue is going to be a little – tricky because I think that some of these defenses if they're able to really just hone in on Mark Andrews and then they can focus on Lamar Jackson this Ravens rushing attack and not have to worry about having any of these really outside threats I I, I feel like offensively the Ravens could struggle a little bit this year which is why I think that one and two side it's very close if I had to say I'd probably put the Bengals number one right now I put the Ravens number two Cleveland is just so tough because I think that Cleveland Let's say Deshaun's suspended for six games or so. Offensively, this team, I think, can survive just because of that rushing attack. I mean, they've got one of the best rushing attacks, if not the best rushing attack in the NFL. So you talk about winning some games with those guys, they can do it. I just think that if this team is going to seriously compete and make a, a serious play for a playoff spot, they need Deshaun Watson there. I mean, they can't have Jacoby Brissett calling plays for 17 games in the season. So it's tough to predict Cleveland, what they'll do right now. I'm expecting Deshaun to probably be suspended for at least half the season, though. So I'm going to put Cleveland in at that three spot. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about this division. Should be very interesting, though. And there's a lot of – a lot. there's some of these divisions that are just so stacked, and it's going to be very interesting. This is absolutely one of them. Mm-hmm. I think this season might be one of the most entertaining seasons of all of NFL's history. Yeah. You have all the divisions, I think, especially in the AFC. We just talked about the AFC North. Wait till we start talking about the AFC West, which we're about to do. And it's just you can't really pick a winner in a lot of these divisions. They're just so stacked. Each team's getting better and better. And it's kind of hard to understand how there's so many good teams in all of these divisions. Almost every single division, it's hard to really pick that clear-cut winner of the division. There are some – divisions which are exceptions to that but i think most divisions this year it's it's up and down it's you can't really choose between a lot of these teams yeah definitely and i mean i think you tied us in really well the afc west i mean that's going to be i think the final division we focus on today before we talk about who we feel will be the uh potential looking at early predictions for super bowl champs the afc west is just pure insanity it's going to be i think this is the most interesting division Maybe in NFL history, in all honesty. I've never, I, I've never, since I've been a fan of the NFL, seen a division like this where all four teams are just so good. And I, any of these teams can win the division easily. Um, I think, I think this, 
it's just so hard. I think I, I'm a big believer in the Vegas Raiders. I think that this offense is going to be unstoppable with Derek Carr. You add Devontae Adams, you got Hunter Renfro, you got Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. That defense is going to be a bit of an issue. But I think offensively, they're just, they might be the best offensive team in that division now. Potentially, it, it's crazy. What do you, I mean, what are you thinking right now? This is just, it's so hard to even predict a team that's going to win this division. I had to write this entire division down. Like, it's just – it's so hard to pick a team. And this can be my bias. Like, I've had my Panthers bias the past few seasons, and I've also had my Los Angeles Chargers bias the past few seasons too, which I think you've also had um, last year, I believe, or whenever it was. We've both had our bias that the Chargers were going to be very good very soon, and it just happens to turn out that I think it's this year. And honestly, like you said, you can't pick a team to win this division, but – I think the Chargers, if I had to choose one right now, will be that team that wins the division. And before I get into the Chargers, I want to say, I think each team in this division has a very good chance of ending up with over 10 wins each. And I think that might be one of the first times, if not the first time we've ever seen that in the NFL. But Chargers, you have Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, you re-sign Mike Williams. Defensively, you go out, you get J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, you're pairing with Joey Bosa offensively again you have Austin Eckler who's been one of the best running backs in the NFL you go out you get Zion Johnson to help protect Justin Herbert and help improve that run game you have Derwin James if he stays healthy he's gonna be one of the best safeties in the league it's just no lack of talent really at any position for the Chargers and I think this is the year that they're finally going to be able to put it together but after the Chargers I mean really any position you want to put these guys in it doesn't really matter because there's a real chance that all of it happening but I think the main difference that will separate a lot of these teams in this division is the fact that the Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, they all improved. And I think the Chiefs downgrade a little bit. You lose Tyree Kill, who was probably the most important part of that offense in making it successful. They have they really haven't had a lot of those other wide receivers who have been great. You have the speed receivers, which all of them really are. You go get Andrew Smith-Schuster, but he's nowhere near Tyree Kill's level. He's nowhere near a lot of these receivers' levels in this division. But – I think the main key for the Chiefs this season is going to be able to run the ball with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They haven't, we haven't seen much of that. You've been seeing Patrick Mahomes sling it, and now without Tyreek Hill, everyone's going to be focusing on Travis Kelsey. And like you said with the Raiders, the Raiders now have Devontae Adams, they have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. They have multiple receivers, and they have an elite tight end. The Chiefs, they have lost that receiver, so all the focus is going to go to the tight end. And if you can't get this run game going, which they really haven't tried to in the past few years because they haven't needed it, um, They'll be good, but that's only if they get this run game going, and I don't know how that'll work out. You still have a good young secondary, a good defense. Um, but offensively for the Chiefs, which sounds weird to say, I think that's the real question mark in this division. Um, so Chiefs, I think they could end up, once again, anywhere from one to four. I can't really put a mark on them. I was just saying Chargers, I think, will win it in my personal opinion. Um, but then you go to the Raiders. I think this is the team you'd probably pick to win this division if you had to choose. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, you have Max Crosby, Chandler Jones you go out and get who had his five-sack game last season. And I think he could put up great numbers like that again this season. Um, they're a great team offensively, and we've seen that come about last season when they were fighting for uh, for that spot in the playoffs, and the offense flourished. You had, you had Devontae Adams to that. This offense could be nearly unstoppable and be one of the best offenses in the NFL this season. The only concern I have with them is they have one of the hardest schedules in the NFL. Um, and I think that could be the one thing that holds them back. But honestly, 
the Raiders, their team, and their offense is just too stacked. So I'm not too, too concerned about that schedule. And then you go to the Broncos, which I think they've been that overall good team. You have a lot of good players, but offensively, aside from Russell Wilson, you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams. They're not elite players like we have the Devontae Adams or the Keenan Allens. They're not elite like that, but they are good players. Good, really help contribute to this offense. Um, and I think that would be the only concern for the Broncos is they had those good pieces on offense, but none of them are great. None of them are elite. And I think that'll be the one thing that might hold the Broncos back. But with Russell Wilson, uh, his knowledge, his running ability, I don't think the Broncos will have a problem on offense. And I'm not saying that their offense will be bad. I just don't think they'll be as good as the Chargers, <clears throat> and Raiders, but they'll still be one of the better offenses in the league. You go out, you get Randy Gregory from the Cowboys to pair him with Bradley Chubb. You have Justin Simmons, you have Pat Sertain, um, who's going into his second year. Defense is great, and it has been great for years, but I really think it's going to be the Raiders-Broncos, now that I'm thinking about it, fighting for that second spot um, after I chose the Chargers number one. And I think Chiefs actually have a good chance at being last place in this division this year, as weird as it is to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I agree with that. To me, I think that I have a uh, – I believe that the Denver Broncos are the clear-cut worst in the division. Um, I think that with them, I have to see – and I've said this before on the podcast. I just have to see it from them. I haven't seen anything from these receivers that makes me say that this team, offense is going to be elite. Russell Wilson, these past few years, has had a bad offensive line, but he's had DK Metcalf. He's had Tyler Lockett, who are – substantially better than what he's throwing to now in Denver, if we're being honest. I mean, and they've not been the best team. Obviously the defense is better in Denver, but I I just, I have to see it from Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy in two years has done absolutely nothing in the NFL. And that's not even his fault. It's been, he's been in a terrible offense with terrible quarterbacks. I just need to see it from this offense. And then I can amend my prediction and say, if if they come out the first three weeks of the season, Russell Wilson's thrown for, 400 yards, five touchdowns, Jerry Judy's going for 102 tutties. Like, it's completely different, but we have not seen that from Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton's the only guy who we've really seen that. Tim Patrick's had his moments. I just want to see it with Denver before I put them first. So I'm going to put them last. I think that defense should be good. They do have Randy Gregory. You do have Bradley Chubb. You guys, guys like Pat Sertain, like you said. But to me, I it's just too much unproven for me compared to the rest of this division. There's so many elite talent. So much elite talent, and I think that Denver offensively, I think they're just going to have – I just don't believe they're as good as any of these other teams. I would agree. I would probably put the the Chargers – I feel like you have to put them in number one. They just seem so talented. That offensive line should be good. You've got Corey Lindsley. You've got Rashawn Slater. They just drafted Zion Johnson. Like you said, you've got – you bring back Mike Will. You've got Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler with Herbert, who's going to take another leap. That offense should be good, and this defense – Talk about improvement. You had Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson and Sebastian Joseph Day is a great defensive lineman. They've got a lot of good pieces. So you obviously, and you're adding that to a defense with Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and, you know, it, it should be elite. This team should be good. This team should win a lot of games. I'd probably put them at first, and I'd probably put the Chiefs at number two. I just still do not believe that can't, with Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs will be bad. I just don't think there's any way. I think this defense – did improve. You draft George Karlaftis, Trent McDuffie. I think that's going to help this team a lot. Obviously, you do lose Honey Badger, which is definitely a tough loss, but you do add Justin Reed. So we'll see Andy Reed and uh, you know this team. They, they do a good job. I, I do have a lot of faith that this team will be good. The one thing I will say, obviously, I think losing Tyreek Hill sucked, and it was an unfortunate situation for them that that had to happen. 
And I think going into the offseason, after that Cincy Bengals game in the AFC Championship, the one thing I said for this Kansas City team that they needed was to get rid of these kind of track star type wide receivers who just are these guys who run fast down the field and get some real NFL NFL talent wide receivers with Tyreek Hill. That did not happen really this offseason. I mean, you could look and say they had Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think is is a good piece to have. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I think is going to be very good. So you got these guys, but it's just – I think it's just more of the same with the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Obviously, you've got Kelsey. You mentioned them having to run the ball. We'll see what happens there. But this offense, I mean, their schemes are just so elite. This team should be good. I have no doubt that this team's going to be good. So I think they'll be in second place. And the Raiders, I think, are going to be right up there. I mean, I, I can see all these – I could literally see this division going Chargers 13 wins, Chiefs, Raiders 12 wins, and then Denver's at like 10 or 9 wins or something like that is kind of how I see it. I think the Raiders are neck and neck with the Chiefs. Like I said, good off- elite offensive talent, some of the best in the NFL, if not the best offensive you know, weaponry that Derek Carr is going to be throwing to. And uh, the defense is, is improved. That secondary is suspect, though, and that's where I'll leave it with the Raiders. Good points, good points, and yeah. I do believe all these teams will be 10-plus wins. And honestly, you stack any of these teams up in any other – yeah, almost any other division in the NFL, and you're probably saying they're winning it. And yeah. we're here arguing who's going to win this division. It's nuts. It's insane. It's but crazy. It's very, very interesting to see. Definitely going to be very interesting to see. And, I mean, this kind of ties in well. This is the last thing we're going to do kind of quickly. Um, Super Bowl predictions. It's so early. It's really even hard to, to predict which teams will be in the Super Bowl. But if you had to say right now, who are your favorites to make the Super Bowl? That is a very, very good question. I think you obviously have the Rams, who were great last season. I think they're going to do the same thing this season. You replace uh, Von Miller with Bobby Wagner. You replace Robert Woods with um, Alan Robinson. With Alan Robinson, yep. Um, and I think they're going to be able to put up a good fight. I think Packers would have been one of those teams you put up there if they kept Devontae Adams. You lose him, but you still have teams like um, the Buccaneers, who I think will be one of those key teams um, or one of the best, better teams in the NFC. Um, but honestly, in the NFC, now that I'm looking at it, it's really not as stacked anymore as compared to last season or previous seasons. It's it, The power shifted from the NFC to the AFC, and I think it's honestly just between the Buccaneers and the Rams right now, um, unless one of these other teams magically comes out of nowhere and starts pulling some games together um, and looks like a different team than we expect them to be. But AFC, I think any one of these AFC West teams could make a push, but I'm going to choose one. I'm going to say Chargers. And I think the Bills are going to be that other team. Bills and Bengals are going to be those other three, two teams that um, are putting up that fight to go to the Super Bowl. So Chargers, Chargers, Bills, um, and Bengals are going to be the AFC for me. And then I say Buccaneers and Rams in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that in the NFC, it's probably between the Bucks and the Rams. I mean, you do have teams like, the, the 49ers who were in the NFC championship game, Trey Lance, it looks like will be the starter. What happens with him? If he plays really good. That, that 49ers team could be a really solid team, but I mean, the reports that have come out seem to indicate that they, that uh, the Niners have not been as impressed as they, as they have hoped for with Trey Lance. So yeah, the Rams should be good. The Buccaneers should be good. Obviously with Brady coming back, 
you can look at the, the the Cowboys or the Eagles. I just don't see either of those teams seriously contending to to win it or get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I I'd feel comfortable with those two teams that you mentioned, the Rams and the Bucks, and in the AFC. Obviously, the Bills are probably the favorites right now, rightfully so. You get Von Miller, you get better. You add Kyrie Lamb through the draft. The Bills are going to be very good. You look at the rest of the AFC. I think that it, it's tough to really pinpoint who in the AFC West will be competing. I think that the Chargers can probably compete, and I think the Chiefs will be competing. The Raiders will be good too. I mean, the AFC. I think there's so many potential Super Bowl contenders. If I had to pick a top, let's say top three, I would go with the Bills. I would go with. It's just like. It, the AFC is going to be insane this year. There's just pure insanity. Obviously, the AFC South is, is not very good, and I don't think any of those teams will seriously compete for a Super Bowl. And then you got the AFC East, the AFC West, and then what? which division am I forgetting? AFC East, West, South, North. AFC North, right. So you've got the AFC North. I think out of that division, you got to put think the Bengals will be Super Bowl you know, in that mix again. So probably Bills, Bengals, and I would say that Chargers and Chiefs, I think, I think are the those are the four I think serious contenders potentially. It's going to be very interesting. The AFC is so so hard to even think who will be winning and coming out of that. That's going to be a, a heck of a heck of a playoffs. Yep, and well, how sports normally works, whatever we think will happen doesn't happen. So yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see how that that progresses. We might see yeah. some other teams like in the NFC put up a good fight, like you said, potentially. The 49ers, potentially one of those NFC East teams. I mean, potentially the Vikings, you could say Cardinals. I mean, there are other teams that have that potential that we're doubting a little more right now. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of these teams that could surprise us out of nowhere, and it happens every NFL season where a couple teams do that. So we're going to have to wait and see. But I like uh, what you said about the AFC uh, and what you're thinking. It's really hard to predict. We're going to have to see how that all plays out. Yeah. I mean, you, I – I agree with the consensus that the Bills are the favorite. So I would say that if I had to choose a team to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC, I'd probably choose Bills and NFC. I'd go Rams for for a, a reappearance. So I, if I had to predict the Super Bowl right now, I'll go Rams-Bills. All right. I guess I'll match you on that. I'll say Rams. You know, I'll just switch it up on the AFC side. I'll go Rams-Chargers just for the fun of it. Right now, early prediction. Very know. early. This is in July. So all likelihood of this happening is – Probably zero, but you never know. Um, <laughs> with, with that being said, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you so much for all the, the support. It's been a great 100 episodes. I know there's more than 100 episodes with all the interviews and intros and all that. So it's been a lot of videos, but the 100th official episode. So grateful for all the support. Um, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, as I said earlier. Make sure to check us out on Instagram. The links for that will be in the description. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena. And check us out on our podcast Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking a lot of sports. It's a fun time to be a sports fan. The NFL, what an off season! It's going to be an incredible season. So we'll have all the latest on this channel. With that being said, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you all next week.